Good morning. Welcome this Saturday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday talking about Haggai the prophet and how he brought the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, to Joshua the high priest, and how the people all got involved in the rebuilding of the temple. They had been told by the word of the Lord that they were not prospering, Things were not going well in their businesses, in their agriculture, because they were each attending to their own homes, and they had abandoned the house of the Lord, which he wanted rebuilt. They're rebuilding for the purpose, for the sacrifices and everything to continue, so that the foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do for us would continue. So, as we continue today in the book of Haggai, in chapter 1, in verse number 11, It says, And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon the men, and upon the cattle, and upon all the labor of your hands. Now, when we go to the Old Testament, and we read read in the five books of the law, Uh, especially in the book of Deuteronomy. And it talks about certain curses and certain blessings, especially in chapter 28 of the book of Deuteronomy. It mentions in the first 14 verses all the blessings that would come upon the people of Israel and upon them and their children and their families if they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, if they hearkened unto His commandments and statutes, if they did what He told them. But if they were disobedient and would not obey, then from verse 15 onward, he tells them all of these things will happen to you, including the sky above you, the heavens, will become like brass. They won't give their rain. The ground will not yield its fullness. So all of these things, basically God was saying, because you are not under a blessing, you've actually called a curse upon you. And in Malachi, we had learned that God said, Look, when you bring the tithes and the offerings into my house, which there was no house at that time, that there may be meat at my table, then I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing of such a nature that you won't be able to contain it. So he told them, You will be blessed. But my house, my work, My building has got to be accomplished first. Now, that was a natural thing. For the body of Christ, we're talking it's not a physical building in the sense of that it is made out of stone, but it is living stones, living organisms, the body of an individual's life being part of the whole makeup of the the spiritual temple which the Lord Himself inhabits Through his Holy Spirit. So we see that the oil was very important to them. The flowing of oil. The new wine was important to them. The corn. And when it talks about the corn. Basically we're talking about the the wheat here. Not necessarily uh, corn corn. But it was more of the wheat. The grain. uh, That is not giving anything. You know, you planted much, you were bringing in little. 
you you were even eating but yet you weren't satisfied with what you ate there there was a certain thing in their lives that there was just like not happy things weren't going well for them no matter what they did in their own strength not by my spirit saith the lord they struggled and they just could not get literally ahead but it says in verse number 12 of chapter 1 of the book of Haggai, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealatai, and Joshua, the son of Jodesh, the high priest, and with all the remnant of the people, obeyed. Notice that key word. They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. That is what was recommended in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. To obey his voice. How were they obeying his voice? By obeying that which the prophet had brought forth as the word of the Lord. Remember the prophets had to also be tested. They had to be tested and that word had to come to pass. It had to be according to God's word that you know not to follow other gods or do anything contrary to the very nature of God himself. So the remnant obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Now that's another beautiful thing. There's a couple of things that actually happens when it's the word of the Lord coming to pass. In the life of the body of Christ. Number one, there will be that reverence towards the Lord. And there will also be a worship. A spontaneous worship towards the Lord. We'll learn that when uh, Joshua, uh, not Joshua, uh, Jehoshaphat uh, actually found himself uh, cornered in by massive armies that were coming against him. And the prophet spoke the word. And the priest uh, guided the people in worship and spontaneous praise. And literally, the Lord fought the battle for them. He fought the battle in such a way that it was not by power, nor by might, but literally by His Spirit. And then it says in verse number 14, The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. There's the governor of Judah. The spirit of Joshua the son of Jodesh, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did the work of the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. So notice, they stirred up. The spirit of God stirred up in them. The Lord stirred up. And that is exactly what we find in the New Testament. In the New Testament, we find that we should stir up the the gifts, the flame that is within us. That that gift and that flame continue to burn. And when the scripture talks about stirring things up, it literally involves our will. It involves us doing something. So the scripture says in the New Testament... <clears throat> To stir, to stir in our lives, to fan the flame, to accomplish this by getting involved, by doing what the scripture says. 
And uh, it says in the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy, in chapter number 1, in verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God stirred up three different groups of people. The prophets themselves were already stirred up because the word of the Lord was coming forth out of them. But in our lives, there has to be a stirring up. We, we literally have to uh, get our eyes open. We need to wake up. Uh, we, we need to rise up. And when it talks about that, it's talking about getting ourselves going. Getting the spiritual mechanism of our life functioning properly. Uh, there's some people that only certain things stir them up. They can be watching a football game and they'll, they'll get stirred up with that. Others may be uh, involved in some type of other activity and maybe that'll stir them up. But when it comes to getting excited about preaching the gospel, sharing the good news, uh, uh, seeing people come to Christ and being born again and, and being made into disciples, it, it should stir something in us. It should stir something in us that we want to see more of His presence. We want to see more of His power. We want to see more of His holiness. We want to see more of His goodness. And it should stir us up to want to pray. It should stir us up to want to fast. It should stir us up to want to seek His face. It should stir us up to want to call upon the name of the Lord. It should stir us up to want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It should stir us up to want to be excited about reading and studying and getting involved with the living Word of God. See, God stirred them up. Timothy is told, stir up. Stir up the gift that is of God that is in you. Stirred up, literally, uh, we'll, we'll just say, rekindle it, flame it up. Uh, one translation says, literally go back into the fire. Now, what would that mean? Well, if you were a blacksmith working with iron, and uh, you were working with a certain piece of metal, in order to accomplish the task that you need to accomplish, it's pulled out of the fire when it's hot and it's pounded and beaten till it's uh, bent or shaped into the direction. It's stuck back into the fire. It's pulled back out of the fire. It's pounded and beat and it's put back into the fire or it's cooled down in water and then put back into the fire. I'm not a blacksmith, but there's a certain process that is followed. In the same way, we are to stir ourselves back up and get back into the fire, get back into the flame, rekindle that which seems to be going out. And the only way you can do that is by getting back into his presence, into the very presence of his holiness, into the very presence of his spirit, into the very presence of his, his calling upon your life. And with 100% humility 
and obedience unto him. How do I know? Because the scripture says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves first, then resist the enemy and then he will flee from us. So the scripture continues. Not only was it Zerubbabel, the leadership, but it was also uh, the high priest, Joshua, had to get stirred up. And then, of course, the people that were involved, all the remnant of the people, they all came in and they did the work of the house. What an awesome thing. All of them. See, if the whole body of Christ was doing the work instead of 20% of the people trying to do 100% of the work of the other 80% that are not doing it, a lot more would be accomplished. But those are actual statistics that 20% of the people are the ones that do the work and the other 80% just kind of want to glide by and want to sell through on the tail-in or coat of other individuals. And it doesn't work that way. It has got to be every member of the body him and her doing his and her work so that every joint fitly joined together supplieth whatever the need is to the rest of the body. Consider this today. Food for thought and for the imagination of how you can get involved even in a greater dimension of spreading the gospel of the kingdom to a lost world, beginning with your own Jerusalem, your own household, home, then going to your Judea, your city and region, and maybe county, and then going out even unto the uttermost parts of the world after going to Samaria, which may be your California, your Texas, or whatever, then your U.S., and then get involved. Find out how you can help in missions. How Find out how you can help in spreading the gospel through different means, whether it's radio, TV, internet. Get involved. Get involved and help build the house of the Lord. Until we meet again, the Lord richly bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.